We serve a God whose name is Jesus, and he said that you would never fail you nor forsake you. Amen. You must understand that you can, you can only reach a peak before going through a valley. I believe that sometimes you will, you'll be tested before you receive your blessing. You may be tested before you come through your breakthrough. Amen. Both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word test means to prove by trial. You, you see, a driver's license test proves that your ability to operate a vehicle. History test proves that you know or do not know your history. A blood test proves that you're a drug dealer. You take drugs or you don't take drugs. A screen test proves prove that you can act or you can't act. Amen. Every test is meant to prove something. Now, tests are usually very difficult and looked upon as negative. How many like tests? Nobody like tests. This is because of the experience of our educational system. Normally, tests are given for you to fail, flunk out, or just disqualify you. This has left a bad taste in our mouth and a principle in the core belief that testing is negative. Consequently, many people struggle with test anxiety. However, God's purpose for testing is far different from educational system. He does not test to fail, flunk, or disqualify us. On the contrary, God tests people to approve of them. When God tests us, his purpose is to prove that our faith is real. It proves that our love is real. Amen. It proves that no matter what, we will serve the Lord. You see, God does not need to test to prove it to himself since he knows all things. But he is proven to us that our faith is real. Amen. God wants you to know that you can, your faith is real in him. Amen. Now, this un don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. There is a difference between a satanic test and a godly test. I'm not talking about voodoo, witchcraft, or anything like that. You know, Satan tested Job, but God tested Abraham. See, there's a difference. Job is a perfect example of God allowing, allowing one of his saints be tested by the devil. Let's go to Job, verse 1. It said, there was a man in the land of Uz who named was Job. Now, this is a very familiar story. Just so bear with me. A man that was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. The word excuse means deliberately avoiding, abstaining from. You see, Job took every precaution to stay away from anything that was evil. Job walked uprightly, amen. He, he, everything that was evil, he, 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 he just didn't let it be in his life. Amen. If Job were to pass by a liquor store, he would go a different way. You know, I'm, I'm talking about in the modern day. Amen. If he would see a billboard, he would probably walk backwards. Amen. 
not to do not to deal with it. Job did everything, amen, to stay away from evil. He was blameless. He was upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. Amen. He did everything that he could. He was a wealthy man. He had livestock. He had servants. The Bible says he was the greatest in the East. He was a family man. He had seven sons, three daughters. He routinely had feasts with his family. He, he shared with them, amen. He, he fellowshiped with his family. He looked out for their will, spiritual well-being. He prayed for his family. When his family had parties, he went to God and said, God, forgive them for whatever they did. Amen. If they drank alcohol, God, forgive them for drinking alcohol. If they sinned, God, forgive them. He looked out for his family. Amen. You see, the devil doesn't like it when people are doing good. When you're prospering, he doesn't like that. Amen. He, he, he just doesn't like you doing good. And he'll do everything in his power to distract you from serving God. Amen. If you're doing good, look out. He's, he's, he's got your number. He's got your number. You know, I, I, I read where a, a counselor had on his door, come in if you have problems. And then come in and come in and let me know if you don't have problems because there's something wrong. While Job was minding his own business, unbeknownst to Job, Satan was trying to convince God that Job only served him because of what he had. You know, sometimes people serve God because they got big homes and they have money. Amen. So God went to Job, Satan went to God and said, look, Job is only serving you because you gave him all of these cattle. You, you gave him many servants, and you blessed him. And so he said, if you, and I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Let's go to Job chapter 1, verse 9 through 12. Then it says, Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou now made a hedge about him? And about his house and all and about all that he hath on every side. Thou bless the work of his hand and his substance is increased in land. But put forth thy hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will curse you to his face, to thy face. He's saying, Look, if you take away what Job has, you take away his work, I guarantee you, God, that he'll curse you. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath in, is in thy power upon him, upon himself, but put not forth his hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So Satan was trying to, Satan will accuse you. Say, God, he is not serving you because of what, of you. He's serving you because what he has. But you take away what Brother Johnson had, and I promise you, he won't serve you. So God said, okay, try Job. So Job, amen, God allowed Job, Satan 
to test Job. Job was, like I said, minding his own business. The first messenger came to Job and said, Job, his oxen and donkeys were taken away and his servants killed. And I don't know the time span, but another servant came to, another messenger came to Job and told Job that the sheep and his servants were consumed by fire from the sky. I assume that lightning struck, struck his, his animals. The third messenger came and told Job that his camels were taken and his servants were killed. The, the next messenger came and told Job that his sons and his daughters were killed from a storm. Imagine that. Everything that Job had and all of a sudden it's gone. What did Job do? Oh, Job stood up and said, Oh, God, I... No, he didn't do that. This is what Job said in Job chapter 1, verse 20. Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, and fell down upon the ground. And what did he do? He worshiped. I mean, that's somebody that has a relationship with God. You don't lose everything you have. Amen. And most people that lose everything they have, they have a problem with it. I think about the storm that hit Florida. One day you have a nice home, you have everything, and all of a sudden it's gone. Amen. And that's exactly what happened to Job. He had everything going, but one at one single time, everything was gone. And he said he fell upon the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked I shall return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, although you've taken everything that I got. Everything is gone. I will still serve the Lord. How many here, amen, knows that God is able Amen. Despite of what we don't have, amen, God is still God. Hallelujah. The Bible says that all of this, Job did not sin and did not charge God foolishly. You know, sometimes when things happen to us, we ask God, why did this happen? Why, God, did I had all of the things that you gave me and now it's gone? But Job did not do that. And God, Job passed his first test. But then Satan got an attitude. And had after Job showed that he was successful, Satan went to God again and said, look, you took Job's stuff, but now you, you take his body. You make him sick. You take, you take away him walking. You give him cancer. Amen. You give him COVID. Amen. You don't let him breathe, and he will curse you. You know, Job bore all the trial patiently, and he did not sin by charging God wrongly. After the first test, amen, Job didn't curse God. After the second test, Job didn't fail God. After the third test, Job didn't fail God. I want you to know, amen, that God, amen, that God is able to keep us. God is able to keep us. 
And in the midst of all of this, you know, Job had friends. We all need friends. And when the friends came, amen, they came in Job, Job and said, Job, we're so sorry that this happened to you. You know, they sat with him. They, they encouraged him, Job. We're, we're praying for you, brother. We got your back. We're, we're, we're helping you out. But after so long, amen, they said, Job, there's something wrong with you, dude. You know, they, they said, you, you, must, you did something in your life that caused this on you. Amen, you don't need friends like that. Amen, if I sin, I don't need you to let me know that I've sinned. I know that I sinned. I knew you, and I'm not telling you to, to condone my sin, but I need your encouragement. Amen. I need you to say, brother, I'm with you. And and despite Job, the friends turned against Job, he didn't, he still hung on to God. Amen. So no matter how bad life gets, God's love and his grace are enough. God gives us his presence, his word, and his people to help us in our trials, and that's enough. Amen. Like we sang the song, my God is more than enough. He can supply all my needs. Amen. You see, tests will either drive us in God's, into God's arm or tests will cause us to walk away. You know, I think about this, this pandemic that went, went through. Amen. I don't, I'm not saying it's a test from God, but it showed us who loved people and who didn't love people. It affected the church, not just our church. But it affected all church. And it proved that those that had a love for God are still here. And those that didn't have a love for God, we don't know where they are. I'm not pointing fingers, but I'm just telling you, if you have a love for God, amen, no matter what comes your way, you'll still serve him. Amen. Job learned that when everything is stripped away from our lives, all we have is God, and God is enough. Test can strengthen us, amen, your faith, or test can shatter your faith, and we have to make the choice. If something happens to you, you have to make the choice. Amen. Choose whom you're going to serve. Amen. Job testing is proof that Satan's ability to try us is limited by God's sovereign control. Amen. God allows Satan to test you. When you test it, God knows where you are. God knows what's going on. You're not without him. Amen. God knows where you are. No demon in hell can test or afflict, afflict you beyond what God has ordained. Our try, all your trial works toward God's perfect purpose to our benefit. When you're going through trial, it makes you stronger. It makes you stronger. In the end, Job was rewarded and was more blessed than he was before because he hang, hung on to the promises of God. Amen. No matter what, you hang on to God. Amen. You hang on to God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, let me, let me, let me make it personal. Let me make it personal. I was, I was very active in church. 
I did a lot of things. I was associate pastor. I was secretary of, of home mission. I was the church treasurer. I, I was a song leader. I was doing all the work for God, and all of a sudden, this is what I got. I, I, I eventually, you know, I started walking with the cane. But guess what? I still served the Lord. I still, even though I had a hard time getting, we had steps like this, I still had a hard time getting up the steps. And sometimes I'd have to call my son. To, and I could have said, I don't understand, God. I've been do I've done all of this stuff and this is what happened to me. No, no, no. I still serve God. I still hung on to God because my faith wasn't in my singing. It wasn't what I was doing. My faith was in God. So even though he, he took my away of my ability to walk, I'm still serving God. Because Jesus is our Father, and 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 I got to the point that I was in a in a walker, and when I was still leading songs, it took me several minutes to get to the platform. I didn't give up, and I'm not giving up. I'm gonna I'm gonna only give up until I've given out. Amen. And that's when I. When I, God takes me away from this earth. But as long as I have breath, I'm going to serve the Lord. As long as I can lift my hands, I'm going to serve the Lord. Amen. So man, no matter your condition, amen, serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is our fathers, we ought to be overcomers. Therefore, God tests are not to be feared, but understood and embraced. Now, that sounds like a good idea. However, the problem with life tests more times, most times, we fail to realize that we're being tested. You see, how can this happen? Amen. Let's, let's read uh, James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. It said, My brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trial of your faith worketh patience. Now, I want you to pay attention to three words. The first word is when. When implies ready or not, here it comes, you will be tested. The second two words is fall into. The word fall into implies that when one fall into is unwelcome, unsought, and unexpected. You see, no sane person falls on purpose. You don't walk around and say, I just think I'm going to fall. You're you walking in the snow. You don't, you don't plan to fall. You slip and fall. And that's what happened to you. You fall into temptation not knowing that you're there. But in the midst of your temptation, amen, in the midst of that, 
you happen to fall. Amen. Not because you're not in tune with God. It's because it's not because you haven't been praying. Amen. We simply think it's life. Amen. You're sick because you have a cold. You don't have money because you lost your job. You're in a traffic jam because of an accident. You're ignoring people because you're upset with your friend, your spouse, or your neighbor. You're not, you don't attend church because the pastor made a statement that you, not, you don't agree with. May I remind you that you might be in the midst of a test. At this moment, God is trying to show you that you're stronger than you think you are. You have faith that you think you've lost. You may you ha that you, you have faith that you have suppressed. You are an overcomer. Amen. You are an overcomer. An overcomer is a person who prevails in spite of opposition, difficulties, or weakness. No matter what you are, you are an overcomer because you are a child of the king. Amen. God is your God is your father. Amen. He's given us the power through the Holy Ghost to be an overcomer. Amen. Amen. Know this. If you're facing any trial or test, you are of God. Let's go to John, 1 John 4 and 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. But greater is he. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. The power of the Holy Ghost is greater than he that is in the world. The word of Satan. Amen. Satan has power, but you have more power. Satan is powerful, but my God is more powerful. In a demon in hell, we can defeat through the power of the Holy Ghost. And you have to know 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, There is no temptation that has taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. If you find yourself back to, to a wall, there's a way of an escape. You'll never get in a place that, well, God don't make a way for you to get out. All you need to do is call on Jesus. You know, when people get into trouble, what do they do? They call on Jesus. No matter what God they're serving, amen, what do they do? They call on Jesus. And I found out that it works. Calling on Jesus works. I never forget. Me and my, my wife and I, we were traveling on a trip. And this is before we got to North Dakota that we knew anything about much snow. And we were traveling on the road and the snow was covered. And a Greyhound bus was facing us. And I was driving along and all of a sudden, I lost control of the vehicle. And we were spinning and spinning and spinning. And all I could see was that big Greyhound bus coming toward us. And my wife called out, Jesus! And I, I tell you what, the car veered toward the right and we, we stopped 
we stopped by a, a traffic sign, <laughs> but we stopped. And the bus, as we went into the ditch, the Greyhound bus went by us. Thank God. Amen. We called on Jesus, and Jesus made a way. You call on Jesus, and he'll take you out of your infirmity. Amen. John, 1 John 5, 5 says, who, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? You are a child of God and have been born into a family of overcomers. Every born-again child of God is an overcomer without exception. Amen. First Peter verse 4, 12 says, Love think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice in so much as you are partaker of Christ's suffering, that when the, his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Amen. When Job, when, 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 the, when the person that read said, be uh, considered all joy, he's not saying jump up and down. Oh, God, I'm thankful that you're putting me through this test. He's saying, be joyful because God can take you through it. He'll make a way for you. Amen. In Amplified Version, in 1 Peter verse 4 and 12, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you. That is, to test the quality of your faith as though something strange or unusual were happening to you. But insofar as as you share in Christ's suffering, keep on rejoicing so that when the glory filled his radiance and splendor is revealed, you may rejoice with great joy. When you come out victory, amen, you're thanking God. God, you brought me out. Amen. You brought me through. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be encounter tests. You may encounter tests that do not cause you to drop to your knees. Amen. Every day we experience small tests that will test your integrity. The cashier gave you too much money. What do you do? You accidentally walk out of the department store without paying for an item. What do you do? You sometimes we're telling a story and we, you know, we caught a fish this big and we tell them that. Not too long ago, I ordered uh, a collapsible uh, a collapsible bucket from the greatest store in the world, Amazon. <laughs> I opened the box, and there was two buckets in the box. I have a dilemma. I could keep the other bucket and consider the blessing from God. Or, well, or I could contact Amazon and say, you know, you made a mistake. I got two buckets. Now, consider this. Amazon rakes in $7,300 a second. $443,000 every minute. $26.6 million every hour. $4.4 billion every week, 
an average of $17.6 billion a month. Now, my $14.76 bucket would mean anything to Amazon. It would be literally a drop in the bucket. But to God, it meant everything. That was a test. Like I said, I could have kept that cheap bucket that meant nothing to Amazon. They wouldn't even notice it. But to God, it meant everything. That could be that could have been my blessing. If I would have kept the bucket bucket, that would have took away my blessing. So I did. I thought about another bucket. I don't have to tell anybody. Amazon won't notice it. But what I did, hoping that Amazon would say what they say is, I would I call Amazon and I said, um, I ordered one bucket and you sent me two buckets. And they said, Mr. Johnson, what do you like to do? I said, Well, I'd like to keep the bucket, but I wanted to be honest and fair with you. And I I got two buckets. What should I do? They said, hold on. I said, oh, God, let me keep this bucket. So they said, hold on. They, and they, they came back and said, Mr. Johnson, you don't have to return the bucket. You can, you can dispose of the bucket you want to, or you can pay, you can gift it to someone. <laughs> I said, oh, no. I'm not again gifted to somebody. I'm keeping this bucket. But I felt like I did the right thing. I did the right thing. You see, I realized that that could have been a test. What if I would have kept that bucket? Who knows what happened? I don't want to take that chance. You know, in my mind, I was thinking I could keep this bucket, but I didn't want to do that. You see, you have to realize that the little things God could test you. The little things make a difference. It may not mean anything to anybody else, but to God it can mean everything. See, how do then we, how do we resist temptation? First, we must return to the example of Jesus. When being tested in the wilderness, amen, he used the word, amen. Each of Satan's temptations were met with the same answer, it is written, amen. The most powerful thing you have other than Jesus is the word of God, amen. If Jesus used the word of God to effectively end temptation, how much more do we need to use it to resist our own temptation? All efforts to resist will be weak and ineffective unless they are powered by the Holy Ghost through consistent prayer of reading the word, amen, and concentrating on God. There is no other weapon against temptation except the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, amen. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even the divine asunder of the soul and spirit of the joints and the marrow and is the discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. 
We know that the devil is like a roaring lion, sinking whom he devour. He's a professional at deceiving people. He would do anything in his power, amen, to deceive you. This is how he convinced Eve to eat of the fit, forbid, forbid, forbidden fruit. He may, he may, he he turned it around. So we need to be mindful when we realize we are being tested. If Satan tells you you can't, that means you can. If he he says you can, you better not, because he turns it around. Let me say it again. If Satan tells you you can't, that means you can. But he says, if he says, you can, you better not. Amen. Because he's going to try to trick you up. Amen. Uh, I don't know if I read this, but 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There is no temptation taking you but such as in coming to man. But God is faithful. will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But with all the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. If God be for us, who can stand against us? Amen. Now, I had mentioned before that there was a difference between satanic tests and godly tests. We saw Satan test Job, but God tested Abraham. Let's, Abraham experienced, and we're going to talk about Abraham. Abraham experienced more than his share of testing and trials since since God told him to leave the land of earth. He lost Sarah for a time. Lot left him going down to Sodom, and he had trouble with the Philistine. However, Abraham's greatest test is found in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 and 2. Verse 22, 1 says, And it came to pass after these things that God tempted, that that. God did tempt Abraham and said, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him therefore a burnt offering upon the mountain which I tell thee of. You see, Isaac was a link to God's promise from God that he would become a great nation. And God instructed Abraham to kill that promise. Now, think about it. Right, think about it. God gave you a promise, and he's telling you, kill that promise. Bury that promise. Then on the third day in chapter 4, Verse of chapter 22, verse 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, saw the place afar off, and I'm, I'm going ahead. You know the story. And Abraham said unto the young man, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come to you again. Amen. Now, listen to this. God told Abraham to kill his child. And Abraham, by faith, said this, I and the Lord will go yonder and worship, and we will come to you again. Abraham had no idea what God had in store. Abraham had no idea that he was being under test, but he had faith to believe that God was going to take care of him. 
in in verse eight, Abraham, Abraham said, My son, uh go back to verse seven. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, here I here am I son, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God, God will supply himself a lamb. You see, my God will make a way. My God will make a way out of no way. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took, and I'm, I'm, I'm going forward here in verse 10. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou do him any, do, do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou now hast withheld thy son, thine only son. Amen. He, he said, look, I know that you are going to do this. You are going to go all the way. So I know that you, you love me. Amen. See, his tests were meant to prove that he trusts God in every situation. And the, that he was committed to serve God above all things. God was going to take away his promise. But God, Abraham made up in his mind that I'm going to serve the Lord. Nevertheless, what, what he does to me. I mean, sometimes we have to look up. When we are in our test, look up. Amen. Like Abraham did. Because when you look up, amen, your test is right over there. Your answer is right over there. Your lamb is right over there. Amen. You see, the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. You're suffering. Amen. You're going through hard times. But listen, joy comes in the morning. Amen. Because we, are, we serve a God that's able, amen, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Amen. I have an illustration for you talking about tests. A man found a cocoon of a butterfly. One day a small opening appeared. He sat and watched the butterfly for several hours as it struggled to force its body through the little hole. Then it seemed to stop making any progress. It appeared as if he had gotten as far as he could and it could go no further. So the man decided to help the brother fly. He took a pair of scissors and snipped off the remaining bit of the cocoon. The butterfly then emerged easily, but he, it had a swollen body and a small swivel wing. The man continued to watch the butterfly because he expected at any moment that the wing would enlarge and expand to be able to support his body, which would in in which would contact which which would 
contact in time. Neither happened. In fact, the butterfly spent, spent the rest of its life crawling around with a swollen body, swiveled wing. It never was able to fly. What the man didn't realize in his kindness and haste did not understand was that the re restricting cocoon and the struggle required for the butterfly to get through the tiny open, opening was God's way of forcing fluid to, from the body of the butterfly into its wing so that it could be ready for flight once it achieved its freedom. You see, the, the butterfly had to struggle to get out of that. And through struggling, it made them strong. But man took away that ability. You see, sometimes God allows us to go through life and we have to struggle. Amen. If God allowed us to go through life without struggles, it would be cripple us. Amen. We would not be as strong as we could because we got it easy. Amen. Trials and tests makes us stronger. Sometimes you ask for strength and God gives you difficulties to make you strong. Sometimes you ask for wisdom and God gives you problems to solve. Sometimes you ask for prosperity. Prosperity and God give you resources for which you to work with. You ask for courage and God gives you danger to face and overcome. You ask for love and God gives you trouble, people to help. You ask for favor and God gives you opportunities. I'm coming to a close. Sometimes you receive nothing, nothing that you ask for but everything you need. When you fail, he lifts you up. When you fall, he forgives you. When you fail, he forgives you. When you're weak, he's strong. When you're lost, he's the way. When you're afraid, he's your courage. When you stumble, he steadies you. When you're hurt, he heals you. When you're broken, he mends you. When you're blind, he leads you. When you're hungry, he feeds you. When you face trial, he's with you. When you're persecution, he shields you. When you face problems, he comforts you. When you're lost, he, he, he provides you. When you face death, he carries you home. Amen. My God is more than enough. He takes care of all of your needs. Hallelujah. When I was in one of my college classes, amen, the first day the instructor explained how the class would work and we, how the class would be graded. He said, you will receive a point and credit for being in class. You receive a point and credit for completing both classwork and homework and turning it in on time. Then came the but. She said, even if you have 100% on all your classwork, your homework, and your attendance in every class, if you do not successfully complete the test, You'll fail the class. How ironic that is. You can be in church all the time. You can do all the right things. But if you fail God's test, you might fail God. That's a, say, that's a hard saying, but it's the truth. It's possible that you could fail if you don't pass God's test, 
And I'm concluding. Many of you have heard the story of the farmer discovered his mule had fallen to a pit. Have you heard that story? And it, the story goes different ways, but I'm going to make it my way. The farmer did his best. That he found out the farmer mule had fell into a pit. The farmer did everything he could to rescue the mule from the well to no avail. Instead of letting the mule suffer, he decided to bury the, bury the mule in the well. He began to throw dirt into the well, but the farmer did not know that while he was throwing dirt into the well, in turn the mule would shake it off and stomp it under his feet. As the farmer continued to throw dirt into the well, the mule continued to shake it off and stomp it under his feet. If you're under any, the mule continued to shake, shake the dirt off and stomp it under his feet until he was able to walk out of the pit. Think about it. When you're in, encountering in a trial, shake it off and stomp, stomp it on your feet. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on until you walk out of your adversity in victory. Amen. Keep on shaking it off. Amen. The devil, keep on throwing it at you, coming at you. Shake it off. Amen. And keep on serving God. We know that trial will come we may never know why, but we know and we can rest assured that the God of Abraham is the same God that we serve, and he always knows what is best for us. Trials may come and trials may go, but we know we serve a God, a mighty God, that can take you in through anything that comes against you. Amen. And finally, listen to this. Your condition is not your conclusion. Your condition is not your conclusion. It's only a test. Amen. Let's stand. And some of you in here may be facing a test. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's maybe whatever it is. Amen. You serve a God. Amen. That's able to take through take you through any test that you may encounter. Amen. We're going to open up this altar. And whatever it is, if you don't have anything going on, amen, amen, this altar is open. We serve a God. Amen. Amen. If you need a touch from God, amen, this is where you can find it. If you need relief from your test, amen, this is where you can find it. Amen. Amen. The altar is open. God, we thank you right now. We praise your name. We lift you up. We magnify you. Thank you, God. Lord, we bless your name. We praise your name. Thank you, mighty God. Lord, we know that you're able to deliver us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, we praise you today. We thank you, mighty God. We thank you, Lord. God, we praise you, Lord. We, you're able, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. In the name of Jesus, we glorify you, Lord. We glorify you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, you have everything in control, and we give you praise, Lord. We give you praise. Thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, we know those that are going through trials right now and tests. God, we want you to let them know that you're able to deliver them in the name of Jesus. God, we praise you right now. We praise you. God, if you could deliver Abraham, if you could deliver Job, surely, God, you can deliver your people in Jesus' name. Thank you, mighty God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Jesus. Hallelujah. When I least expect it, never be mine. So why would I be surprised when you Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
saints, your faithful. 